How amazing would it be if we didn't have any technical issues on this first episode? I don't think that's ever happened. I'm hopeful. You know, new season, <laughs> fresh start. Lucky number six. Ah, oh, man. Lucky number six. Um, all right, you want to do this? Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited. Um, how do we start it? I forget. Do you just start? Yeah. So in the music, in my head, the music plays. Dun, 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 dun. <clears throat> Hello, everybody, and welcome to This American Horror Story. An unofficial podcast about the FX hit show, American Horror Story. I'm your host, uh, Tyler Moss, here with my co-host. Chris Husted, we're still alive. We, another year, another season of American Horror Story, and we're back! Okay, people, I mean, normally, going into to a new season of American Horror Story, we would have provided you with a preview episode. Um, and- but... I mean, the thing is, I you know, and, and I thought about this, and I'm sure Chris did too, and we kind of texted back and forth, there was not a whole lot to preview. You know, I, I feel like I take all sorts of notes in advance, I've got a script, I'm like, we go through who all the characters are going to be, what actors are returning. There was hardly anything, frankly. Right. We uh, researched the movies that they might be uh, referencing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that we, we have some scant notes, and um, I even did a little bit of research in between like during commercials and stuff of things i wanted to look up but yeah um so we apologize for not uh getting to you sooner normally we like to build a, a, the anticipation but it's not really our fault but, yeah it's but there, american horror stories there wasn't much to talk about yeah but i guess you know that was part of the allure of this new season was Mysterious. the mystery and all the um curveballs and stuff and we kind of have a premise now but frankly i um I don't know. I think I still have a lot of questions about it, and I have a lot of questions for you. Um, before we kick things off, of course, we always invite you to check out our Facebook page, facebook.com slash thisamericanhorrorstory, and of course, uh, email us. Email us your questions and comments. We love to interact, um, and now that a new season's back on, uh, we can't wait. That's thisamericanhorrorstory at gmail.com. Oh, and then, of course, go on iTunes and rate us and review us. Um, we appreciate that, too. We're kind of going to play with... Um, the format of our show, I think, a little bit similar to how American Horror Story is playing with the format of its show. Um, in the past, we've kind of gone beat by beat, I think. Um, right really now, we just have a plot. pretty linear narrative, which, which is, is really helpful for keeping track of things. Totally. It's a lot easier to follow. But kind of instead of talking about each and everything, I, I want to talk, I guess we're going to, I don't know, focus more on like themes and bigger picture stuff and particular things you liked and disliked. And the conversation might bounce around a little bit more, but uh, I think we're cool with that. But... Uh, before yeah, we begin, I mean, I... we all watched the show together, so... Exactly. It always is tradition to say what we're drinking before we kind of kick things off. <laughs> um, True that. What's, uh, what's on hand for you tonight? So, I feel like it should be a rosé wine, because that was what Shelby was getting down with, bottle by bottle. Mm-hmm. But I didn't have down any, into, so... Down into the hot tub. It, uh, we'll, go, we'll get into that. Last place I'm going when I'm scared. Um, I just have some white wine. Classic, classic, classic. I'm drinking a tequila Manhattan this evening to really okay, kick you bougie, off. bougie man. That sounds fancy. What is this, <laughs> Mad Men? So boozy. Bougie and boozy. Boozy, boozy. <laughs> so before we really jump into things, I want to talk about expectations. Did you have anything at all? Because we didn't have a whole lot to go on. 
if there's one thing I've learned from previous seasons, it's when you have expectations, sometimes they weren't met, and then it would disappoint me on some episodes or some whole seasons. Um, so going into like the last season and the season before, I tried to not have as much expectations and let them just take me on the ride. This one, there wasn't a chance to have much expectation because I didn't know what was to what 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 to uh, my frame of references for this season, which is exciting. I like that. We knew. We heard theories and uh, rumors about what it might be, but again, there are 124 promos with different subjects and topics and scenes. Had I, I was just I, I gave up after I saw like the first three or four. I watched them all, but I was like, I'm not even gonna try to guess anymore. So no expectations really, which is exciting. What about you? Uh, I I didn't have expectations in terms of what the theme was. Uh, just because it was clear, it was made clear to us that there was all sorts of misdirection. But I do feel like they were clearly hinting at some sort of interconnectedness. So I'm, I'm, I don't know about you, but as we, I watched this episode, I was kind of keeping an eye out for connective tissue, and I still have some theories about that, and um, I'll be excited to discuss those. But we did kind of know going in that we were going to have some returning characters. We obviously some of our classics, um, Sarah Paulson was going to come back. Uh, we were going to have Evan. We're going to have Evan Peters at some point, and that was confirmed in the credits. We're going to have. Uh, we think we knew Dennis O'Hare, Kathy Bates, Matt Bomber, Wes Bentley. Um, oh, obviously Angela, Angela Bassett. Bassett. Uh, but I think oh, and Cheyenne Jackson. I think is another one who's coming. Oh, right, sure. right, right. Is Lady Gaga? She's going. I back, didn't see she? her name. I didn't see just, her name in the credits either. That. But I, yeah, I was thinking the exact same thing. But I feel like it was. She was talking. Huh. I mean. Was her real name in there? It's like Stephanie something or other. I don't feel like I noticed it, but then again, I wasn't looking for that. I was looking for Lady Gaga, so maybe it passed me by. But You're I feel totally like that would have been right. pretty pretty well promoted. I don't know. Maybe that's a misdirection, too. Who knows what to trust right now, but I don't feel like I saw that. Let's talk about a couple new actors we had going in. Cuba Gooding, Jun- Cuba Gooding Jr. Um, I had just heard about today, because apparently he had... Uh, Instagrammed a picture of the script or something like that, but I hadn't heard much any buzz about him before. Obviously, Sarah Paulson is up for an Emmy for the um, hotel. She's up for hotel, oh, for, but also, and for um, um, O.J. Simpson, right? For O.J. Simpson, which Cuba Gooding Jr. was in. So that, I'm I'm assuming that was kind of the connection. Also, that shows on FX. Right. Um, so Ryan Murphy has his favorites, and then obviously um, we kind of have these parallel worlds thanks to kind of the documentary style that we have right now um we have lily brabe back which i don't know that i knew she was going to be back and also um the other the guy who plays matt uh not cuba gooding jr but the real matt is andre holland who was he in the past uh he's not he i don't think he was on the show this show before but he's from the nick i guess um the show Mm -hmm. on i think it's like is it stars it's the one about like um medicine at like the turn of the century i think it has um mm, sounds like a t- um a channel i can't afford yeah yeah so I, th- I mean he's been in some of the things it sounds like but let's talk about kind of the format well okay before we get into the format first i guess let's talk about roanoke as a theme this was a theme that was floated i think before um, right there's a big old legend about this uh community that uh disappeared and i believe it was in north carolina right roanoke north carolina right in fact it is in dare what is today's dare county north carolina i did a little bit of uh 
looking into this just on the surface as like I said between commercials yeah um, so we're looking at in the 1500s it was an English settlement um, founded by Sir Walter Raleigh and the colonists mm. just disappeared as you said they're known as the lost colonies kind of a um, I don't know they're the subject of a lot of folklore because there is not any real conclusive evidence as to where they went it does sound like there's a lot of theories and I'll talk about that well, at the end of the show. Yeah, yeah. I'll say the one thing that we do know is there was one word carved into a tree. Mm-hmm. And we haven't seen that word yet on the show, but the, the word is Krakatoa. Right? Yeah. Which was a Indian tribe that was right. not, um, like in the vicinity. So let's talk about, the I guess, the initial format, like this mock documentary style. Uh, how did you feel about it? Do you think that, I mean, was it a clever new take for you? Um, or did it feel contrived? Well, because I had no idea what was going to, how this format of the show was going to be, my first thoughts were like, oh, okay, so they're just kind of mimicking the, uh, you know, ghost hunters, haunted house stories that you see on TLC or Discovery Channel, which my family watches those, and I, I catch them occasionally. And I, was like, I was like, all right, let's see where they take this. It was interesting the way they had... I felt like it was kind of a reveal um, that Sarah Paulson was playing Lily Rabe uh, as the actress for the um, for the actual show. But I really enjoyed how halfway through the show, I'm actually more invested in the actors who are portraying the reenactment than the, actor, than the actors who are playing the people who have apparently really experienced these... Um, uh, uh, based on actual events story what did you think I think that is completely true and that's an interesting observation um, I think it, it brought to light a couple things for me the first one is the stakes because if they're telling the story then we know they survived so we're not worried that's about exactly them. what I thought initially too I was like well I'm, I'm not invested in these people because they're clearly telling us their story so they're alive yeah they're okay they're alive so we're no, we know they're not dead um, so it, you know, um, unless somehow the story continues back in the present time, um, it, it leads you to wonder what exactly is going to happen that is going to threaten these people that then they're, you know, okay enough to go and talk about it on TV. The other thing I would say is that it, it, the, it's an interesting device because it essentially allows there to be narrators. And what's cool about that, I think, is part of the problem we've had with American Horror Story in the past is that they try to stuff in too much backstory too much into, you know, an hour-long episode. I was so happy we had basically six characters, three real ones and three actors. And when you have... So easy. Totally, totally. It. It's a very straightforward uh, plot line. And when you have the narrators, it allows them to fill you in on the backstory instead of, having, you know, them having to show the backstory. And it lends credibility to what happens. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was kind of cool. Um, yeah. I, I appreciated that. Um, the story is pretty interesting in itself, and it kind of presents a few different themes, I guess, to kind of kick things off. Um, we have this couple that's obviously very deeply in love, and over the course of even the first episode, we kind of see them slowly split apart by this conflict. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, we have... You know the it, it all taking place in North Carolina, and we kind of have these potential antagonists being also these, these uh, hillbilly people, 
Right, so we've got a lot of racial undertones happening and that are expressed by Matt, the character, and Matt, um, the act. Anyway, Matt, whatever the Matts you want to call them are. So, you know, it's still the South. Mm -hmm. And we have this interracial couple, and that is brought up as another potential Mm -hmm. dynamic. Now, I think this family, the policeman called them the Pokes, I believe, um, and said, you know... I have a feeling they're going to appear again in some form or another as well. And, you know, it's pretty typical of American Horror Story to have multiple antagonists. And so you have to feel like they're going to come back in one form or another. They seem pretty pissed off when they lost that auction for the house. So, right. you know, this is a, a family that's obviously gone through some trauma. And it was kind of funny as I was watching this, um, this whole episode, there was like different pieces that reminded me of past seasons and this is what I'm t- talking about connective tissue um, let's so let's talk about um, Shel- the Shelby character losing the baby now isn't that didn't Vivian lose a baby in season one wasn't I feel like someone's lost a baby in almost every season <laughs> but yes uh, she did um, and yes she did so did um, well babies were taken from people too Mm-hmm. That's well, yes. Obviously, the babies were a huge part with the um, abortion doctor in mm-hmm. season one. But even I'm thinking, I guess you're right. Even back to last season, the um, hotel babies, mm-hmm. the baby was anyway mm-hmm. the monster baby. Recurring theme, yeah. Parenthood is a recurring theme, and um, which we also kind of reflected that that might be Ryan Murphy because he became a parent recently, mm-hmm. channeling into that. Um, the one thing. Uh, I was going to say is, uh, and we see this a lot and with Shelby's character specifically, and then later on with the character Lee, um, uh, coping with loss. Because Shelby loses her baby, so does the husband in a way, um, and then um, Lee loses her job because of her addiction. Mm-hmm. So, th- so these people are all dealing with some form of loss, and how they're coping with it is going to reflected of how they behave in the rest of the season everyone's coming off of traumatic events certainly and i mean even with like the gang initiation yeah, situation definitely. that kind of sent them from la to um, north, carolina. north carolina which is i mean worth noting obviously that last season took place in la so just as the family's moving from one locale to another the show's moving from one locale to another uh i feel like we were made to believe a little bit um you know that um, Shelby was maybe not a reliable narrator because obviously she's coping with losses. Certainly, Matt seems to think so at certain points. I'm she's, sure there's she's, some depression there. There's depression. She's drinking a lot, and some of these things at first it seems like she's seeing are maybe in her head. Certainly, that's what the policeman thinks when she's drowned in the hot tub. Uh, speaking of that hot tub scene, I thought that the uh, directing in that scene was really cool. The cinematography. It was like really the cool. Ankles and everything. Again, last place I'm going after like three or four scary things have happened to me, and I'm home alone, living in the woods. I'm not going to that hot tub in the woods. Mm-hmm. That vulnerable? No, no. Shelby, I, come on, get it together, girl. We had a lot of like classic horror elements come into play here. The well, let's talk about the teeth raining from the sky. Was that something uh, that w- I mean? I was trying to think if that was too much for me. I thought I don't know. There was so, there were so many like haunted house tropes that we we handled like that happened in this movie, at least in the first half, where um, I felt like I was watching an hour-and-a-half movie on Fast Forward. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, like, they heard a noise, and then something crazy, weird happened outside, and then it started hailing, but it was teeth, and then it, it's gone, it disappeared. Um, the cop is useless. Uh, no one believes the wife. 
Um, the husband slowly starts to believe the wife. I mean, these are all like your stereotypical uh, horror tropes mm-hmm. uh, in haunted house movies. We've seen like a dozen of these. Oh yeah. Uh, well, the, I mean, slaughtered pig uh, at the front door. Um, we also if they had a pet, the pet would be dead by now. You know. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, the two women that Shelby sees walking at the end of the hall. Uh, were those supposed to be Roanoke women? Because they looked like to me like they were in like nurses' outfits or something. It reminded me of like Asylum. I should have gone back and looked. Um, I didn't. I, I actually rolled my eyes at that scene because I was like, uh, "Here's our uh, um, our uh, Outlook Hotel reference there, the, um, the Shining mm-hmm. reference." Yeah, that's exactly. Or the Overlook. The Overlook. Mm-hmm. Yes, Overlook is the shi- is the hotel from yeah. the Shining. Yes, absolutely. and I was like, "All right, they grew, the girls the girls grew up." All right. <laughs> Well, Next trope. <laughs> yes, but as a Shining fan, I I, I did enjoy that nod. Kind of. I, it's so it's such the easy one though. It is easy. It is it is. A but I do easy. like it. I mean, there was a lot. Like, to be fair, there was a lot of easy little e- easy nods. Yes, in this. this is true. Um, a couple. So with kind of the different antagonists we have. Obviously, we have the, apparently the colonists of Roanoke, um, which Shelby actually run into by the end of the episode. Um, there are people with pitchforks and torches. Uh, what exactly they, I mean, they seem like they're on a witch hunt or something is, you know, the image I get in my mind when I think of people like that. Um, I think we might be being misled a little bit too, but yeah, they're a witch hunt, but not for obviously for Shelby or Lee or Matt. I think they're obviously trying to destroy the house or get rid of the monster or whatever ghost is there. So that, yeah, so we're th- that's two antagonists then so far. So let's talk about the third one then, which is apparently a man with a pig head. What is this well, pig monster thing? Remember, remember the p- piggy or whatever in uh, season one. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. I, obviously, I don't think it's him because this guy seems supernatural. But or this pig seems supernatural. But uh, who played that? The guy from Eric Stone Street. Yeah, mm-hmm. played from Modern Piggy yeah. or whatever. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, that might be our that might be our monster, a big monster. Um, although I feel like there might be more of a, uh, I, I mean, I definitely got a Lord of the Flies vibe out of that with the pig head and the kids all worship it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and then obviously the dead pig at the door. Mm-hmm. Um, there was just like, so it's, it did seem like they were almost trying to cram too many classic horror symbols into one episode. I mean, I think at one point even like a raven cause Cod. or something like that. And it was like. It was just when he was burying the pig, I think, and it was like, oh, right. That just and then like when totally Cuba Gooding Jr. or that character puts up like the the surveillance cameras, I was like, all right, now we're going paranormal activity on this. Mm-hmm. And then we had found footage in the TV in the basement when it comes Which, on in there, looking and for the, the Blair pig. Witch figurines everywhere. Like, uh, there are nods to so many horror movies in this. Yeah, it, it seemed like this episode was one giant homage to all to, to all this. I was um, waiting for the TV to go off and the phone to ring and someone to say seven days. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, did you, I mean? Okay, a couple questions for you then. The um, let's talk about Lee for a second. You talked about her her loss and everything like that. Um, clearly, they don't have a whole lot of additional family if the only family he can think to call to come stay with his wife is his sister who just totally dislikes his wife who hates his um, wife <laughs> but it sounds like him and his his sister are pretty close uh she had a whole lot of terrible stuff happen for her at once but so from what i can understand when she did she get shot when she was in like found the baby and then that made her get hooked on pain medication 
shot or like it brushed her or it blew her ear or something like that. I couldn't really tell, but she definitely flinched when a shot looked like it was coming over her shoulders, how I saw it, but we're not, I'm not certain. So I, I guess the idea is that she was traumatized by this experience in the drug house, and that's what got her hooked to the pills. Which, where, you know, classic Ryan Murphy and Brad Falchuk uh, scooping from the uh, current news, which opioid addiction is one of the hugest health concerns right now, more than heroin is, as they reference in the show. So I enjoy the I enjoy the, cur- the current references uh, uh, that they make in this. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, she chases the serial rapist who shoots himself, which was traumatic. And then her pills are found, which is, it's just, yeah, quite a downward, downward spiral we kind of see here going through um i do like that that lee and shelby have a conflict from the get-go because it makes it more interesting to see the dynamic of their relationship evolve as they deal with all these scary things Mm -hmm. no it was um i mean obviously angela mess it's always a treat when she's on board um also i you know interesting that she in i mean loses her child basically because she doesn't get full custody just as uh, Madden Shelby, Shelby has their child. Yep. Right. Uh, back at the house, um, you know, it's one of those episodes where I felt like I was saying, just like I would in a normal horror movie, like, don't do that. Why are you, that's so stupid. Why would you stay at this, you know, the same kind of yelling of the TV kind of moments that I feel like were probably intentionally provoked. Um, and I guess I'm wondering where we're going next <laughs> where so i've got a couple ideas about it but i'm curious to hear yours so i guess to 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 kind of wrap things up uh as shelby you know we see this wedge slowly appearing between shelby and matt throughout the episode um when he kind of both him and lee act stupid and are like no we're gonna stay in this house she decides well, she's that- gonna bail yeah, exactly. And also, this is so, to me, especially with the house, and I, I want to talk about this like toward the end is just kind of a, a side tidbit. Is, um, but this this relationship of a hus- husband and wife in a haunted house, to me, is completely Amityville horror, um, which is also like kind of a classic American uh, horror story with uh, a, a married couple who... I, I don't want to spoil it, I guess, in case someone hasn't seen it, but they should go see it. But there's a wedge that is driven between them. Just say spoiler alert and go, go ahead and spoil All right, it. spoiler alert. Uh, don't listen for five seconds, ten seconds, just in case. Um, the husband ultimately is going crazy, and uh, the wife tries to escape with the kids, and things happen. Mm-hmm. I'll leave it at that. Yeah. Spoiler alert, over. Uh, I mean, we have a couple classic... The characters are, are cl- like I think supposed to be kind of archetypes here too. We've got, uh, you know, the Sarah Paulson character uh, is, you know, a yoga guru who has a gluten allergy. Who you know, um, she's someone we would be annoyed with most likely if we met her on the street. Mm-hmm. And then we've got the down and out cop, and we've got former cop, I guess, and we've got the, um, I guess, the traveling salesman um, who. I don't know. Who coincidentally always leaves town when something scary happens, as husbands need to do in these movies. Yeah, he has the convenience, the convenient job that takes him out of town and leaves his wife in the horrifying, <laughs> creepy house all by herself. Um, and I, obviously it all comes to a head at the end of the episode. She, Shelby leaves the house and promptly runs into somebody, which reminded me of 
Asylum. Um, the inside oh, incident. Oh yeah, that's right. When Jessica Lange runs in or hits a child and kills the child, right? And then it's a hit and run that kind of drives her into the nunnery. And and also um, when Sarah Paulson's character Lana or Lana 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 mm-hmm. uh, I forget whatever it is um, runs away, escapes the asylum. We're like, oh my gosh, she's out, only to be picked up by Doctor Threadson, was it? Uh, which is Zachary Quinto's character, who obviously turned out to be the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she gets trapped there and then brought back. And so, uh, yeah, definitely trying to escape and not being able to escape uh, was is has been something that happens a lot. And it was fairly effective in this one. I jumped. I was super scared. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of boos in this uh, episode, which worked on me. Oh, no, I agree with that, too. Um, and, of course, this one, like, the woman she hits survives and... She chases her into the woods, which I even think she had a knife or something too. The woman that got hit, and so is that was that Kathy Bates or no? I couldn't really tell. I didn't think it was because I, um, I, I I was looking closely too, and I don't think it was. Yeah. But obviously, okay, she goes into the woods and becomes quickly lost. Uh, a couple things here. There's mist everywhere. There's a lot of rumors that maybe the theme for the season was called the mist because I guess in Europe or something the episode name of the episode was released as the mist. Um, I think that, that that could just be the name of the episode because everything was coming out of the mist, and obviously that's what ha- what's happening at the end. I don't know that the mist is, itself is supposed to actually have any kind of magical entity. But she does get lost in the mist, and that's when she kind of stumbles upon all the Blair Witch rope things again hanging from all over. And then the ground starts kind of, it looks like breathing or moving underneath her. Did you, um, did you watch Stranger Things? Did you oh, see yeah, that? Oh, yeah, I did. Yeah, so I was totally getting Stranger Things vibes of like the, the haunted woods and... The things just going to go the, ups- the upside down. I was reading th- uh, some of these theories about the Roanoke, Roanoke um, colony and, and everything. And one of them is that the reason it's so hard to kind of find any evidence of these people anymore is because of the... So this is like coast, the coastal Carolina. So they're not that far from, you know, large bodies of water. And so there's a lot of erosion taking place. And so they're say- they were saying that like a lot of the ruins that would have possibly have been there you know originally when these settlers were around would have like sunk maybe as far as like a thousand feet into the ground wow that's cool then they i think your theory might be plausible and, here and so then you know if you see kind of it, that's what it made me think of when i saw this this ground moving like that and maybe you know these people come out of the ground or something like i don't know if they but that was just another possible connection and then of course she actually runs into all the people with torches which now can correct me if i'm wrong but i'm pretty sure that west bentley was one of the guys that she sees i was trying to like look quickly and there was like a flash and i thought i saw also dennis o'hare possibly but there was i think there i mean there's one dude that looked like a pilgrim one dude that looked like uh i don't know he had a half his head cut off so i couldn't really tell what sculpt yeah which is typically associated with you know so maybe this is like where the roanoke community by the way i just remembered it's croatoa not krakatoa krakatoa is a volcano (laughs) (laughs) so if all of you were already annoyed at me early on i'm sorry um uh yeah, Croto. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Krakato. Uh, my seventh grade teacher would be really mad at me. Um, yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't tell who was who because it came so quickly at the end, and I didn't really want to rewind it on that just because I wanted to kind of come with the like, oh my god, who is that? So you have a better idea though. 
sounds like. I just feel like I saw Wes Bentley with a beard at the end. Um, yeah, and coming was, out of the woods. Yep, and that was, yep. I mean, obviously our cliffhanger there. So yep. let's start with a prediction. What do you think is going to happen next, I guess? Because we're going to, I assume we pick up from exactly where we left off in the next episode. Right. So before that happened, I was like, oh, maybe this will be like an anthology within an anthology, you know, where every episode is a different set of actors dealing at with this which would be cool i was thinking the exact same thing because this one was kind of branded the roanoke nightmare and there was no credit sequence which american horror story always has there a always sequence. is yes yeah we just got the title flash and that was it and then the only time we saw um the uh, my roanoke nightmare on screen was after it would cut after every uh you know segment of the episode mm-hmm. um coming up though i think after seeing that flash those flashes in the end i think we might get to uh see flashbacks as we tend to do in this story or this show um with the with the villagers or the the settlers or whatever they are um in roanoke uh and then see how it interplays with our current characters that being said we have to remember (laughs) this we're watching the actors reenact this you know it's it's kind of a weird meta situation yeah where it's which is interesting it's a reenactment and not um actually witnessing the events as they they happened um yeah so obviously in this circumstance west bentley's an actor and then whoever played the guy that was scalped is an actor portraying something that um shelby says she saw do you feel like that i mean obviously you said you were still kind of you were still scared by everything i was going to ask if that may put you know put a distance between you and what was happening if that like if you felt like the it, it wasn't did quite for the f- for the first half, I was, like, not as invested, but I think after the first squealing uh, of the night and when Cuba Gooding Jr. as or playing Matt uh, went out, we got to come up with a way to differentiate between, like, like OG Matt and actor Matt. Um, but when the garbage can came at him or something like that, that's when I, that jumped. That, that was the first jump that, like, really, like, oh, my gosh, this is kind of scary. So that's when my sh- mind shifted to being much more invested in the uh, actors portraying these, re- uh, reenacting this stuff. What about you? I think that's totally true, and I, I agree with you. That at the beginning, I felt that way, and then it was easier to think of, like I said, the um, OG Matt and Shelby as narrators, you know, while we have the people who are, you know, and I kind of forgot about the fact that they were actors. You start thinking about them actually experiencing these things. Exactly, because and also that's a testament to Sarah Paulson and Cuba Gooding Jr. and uh, Angela Bassett, mm-hmm, for sure. Um, that's the best like B-rated actors you could ever get for a reenactment <laughs> on something like Unsolved Mysteries. <laughs> yeah, they should have done like a Cuba Gooding Jr. as Matt. Um, speaking of Cuba, how do you think he did? I thought he did pretty good. I mean, it, so far he's kind of the weakest character, but. He, I thought, it, I mean, for what it was so far, pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, I, w- I would like to point out that that was the first butt we saw of uh, of American Horror Story, and we always know we'll see a bunch of butts. Mm-hmm. So thanks Cuba for being stepping up to the plate and being the first one. Season six, uh, but I thought he did good. Mm-hmm. You think he did okay? I thought he did too, but I do feel like I was. Um, I think that I liked. Andre Holland better so far. Um, you know, the point when they're talking about losing the kid and stuff like that, and he got kind of emotional. And um, I don't know. I, I just was more emotionally attached to original Matt than I think yep. I really have, have been to Cuba so far. Um, but I do think Sarah Paulson has been 
Oh yeah, it's she's terrific. just and has amazing. Yeah, and, and she wins the Emmy. And yeah, which is on Sunday. And Angela, I mean, Bassett draws you in too. Now another thing to point out is that this season has been a lot less campy than, um, or so far. Obviously, we're only in episode one, but we've had a lot of camp. I would say in the past, pretty much since Coven. Right. Um, so right. this seems like which a bit I'm of a departure. We've... That's nice. I'm glad to have less of that right now because I really feel invested in a story, like a, a like a straightforward narrative right now where we care about this couple and, and the sister who are dealing with the situation. It's refreshing because it is so different than what they've done in the past. That being said, after the last flash of the final scene, I might be like eating my words episode two where all of a sudden like a ghost pops up and has sex with an alien that brings a demon out and slashes a serial killer's farm of animals. I don't know. Totally. You know, I think that there's always possibility for us to descend, but as far as like a, a an episode, you know, a first episode that felt like something new, it did feel like something new in a lot of ways. With the more simple, straightforward plotline, which we always complain about there being too much going on too quickly, too many characters to follow, all that kind of thing. Well, obviously, we still have a whole lot of characters coming, so that's still a possibility. But I'm still holding out hope that maybe, maybe it'll be, you know, in like... Um, you know there'll be a f- multiple different mini anthologies in the larger anthology like you said and maybe they'll do it in like three episode segments or something like that which That'd i think cool. could be kind of cool um especially maybe if they were somehow all tied together maybe i don't know maybe they all take place at roanoke or something like that you know um so it'll be interesting to see where they go and i hope that i feel like what this format does is it gives them an opportunity to do some kind of cool unique things so i'm excited to see where they go with that if you know what what I, mean. I have three or four uh, ending points. Oh, actually, the one thing I did want to say is apparently the the next on um, on American Horror Story that flashes during the credits is Donald Glover's show Atlanta. So maybe episode two is going to be Atlanta. <laughs> yeah, um, I heard I on my TV. I um, I think I heard them say that there was going to be a sneak peek of the next episode at 11 p.m. Pacific only. time, or yeah, online only at 11 p.m. Pacific time. Which is for you know me out here. That's what well uh, two a.m. So I'm not gonna stay up for that tonight. But no, <laughs> definitely yeah. not. Um, I do want to point out. So the house is very American Gothic farmhouse. I like that, but also I wouldn't really ever call that a farmhouse because that is a huge house um, and no barn or anything like that. I don't know where the farmhouse no, came from. No, I know. Like, and I'm an agriculture reporter. I know what farms look like, even old ones. Yeah, <laughs> or barns and farm houses and, look like. Anyway, incredibly, I, incredibly isolated for it really not being a farm. And I mean, well, and there's no place for a farm. It's totally surrounded by woods, which is, I mean, it was a very beautiful setting. Oh yes, absolutely. The spiral staircase in the house reminded me of the staircase in Asylum. Mm, that, yes, that, totally. Uh, mm-hmm. Anyway. We'll leave that there. Um, the woman who plays Lee uh, in real life. OG. IRL. Yeah. Oh, Ooh, IRL. Let's go IRL. IRL. Okay, IRL. Um, uh, was Tara's mom in True Blood? Did you ever watch True Blood? I did not, but that is uh, interesting. Anyway, that, I recognize her from that. She's probably in a bunch of other things that are more less embarrassing to reference her in, but <laughs> that's the one I know her from. <laughs> Um, and then the uh, the only other thing is that credits at the end reminded me of how they do the credits of a movie as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and ultimately, okay. Well, I'm gonna get, I was gonna rank it, give it a rating right now. 
I'm trying to think if I have anything else I wanted to say before we even got to that point. Oh, I did want to say a couple things about this, just the Roanoke colony and theories about what happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a lot of, uh, one, I mean, pretty much one of the major theories is that they were slaughtered by Native Americans. Um, the, the colony, that's partly why the colony disappeared. There's other um, points that they were, uh, I guess there was like a span of time that lasted three years where uh, the people in this Roanoke colony were there during like a really terrible drought, so there was not very much food. So it's possible that everyone starved to death, or that they either either that or they moved elsewhere to um, try to find food. Um, I don't know, but I mean, certainly very compelling that you have this real folk story that people don't know what what happened. Um, yeah, I'm excited to see what they do with it. And like I said, I. Th- I think, well, we'll talk about this with ratings then. So go ahead, yeah, go ahead and kick things off with your rating. So the things I would say about this episode and hopefully this season is that um, the American and American Horror Story, like this is a like one of the biggest stories in American history, mysteries in American history. So we're, I, I really like that they focus on like something American, especially because it deals with Native Americans. I'll be interested to see how they do that and if they do that tactfully <laughs> and not uh, too egregiously racist. racist. Mm-hmm. Um, the... The other thing that stood out to me was there there wasn't a lot of gore in this, you know, and and that I think is useful because we come become very sensitized to it in this show because it gets so gory so quickly. The guy shooting his head is all I could really think of besides a mutilated pig, but even the pig wasn't that bad. It was just stabbed up. Which is a great point considering how over the top, like mm-hmm. kill kill Bill violent yes. uh, hotel was. Exactly. It's nice to uh, you know your editors always make you remove. Um, uh, too much stuff you like, or on um, Top Chef or on Project Runway. Like, all right, you have too many ideas you're putting in there. Let's take a few of these off, and you have a much stronger story there. Um, the final thing uh, is that there's a reason why I watch every haunted house movie on Netflix because I like them and they're scary, and they're silly scary sometimes. So I may have judged this based on all those. But I click and watch those all the time. So I'm really into this so far. Uh, I give it... I think this is one of the strongest first episodes um, in a season we've seen yet. Just because it's so coherent. And it leaves us going WTF for next episode because we've seen all these other people. So I... I feel like in the past I've graded it on a scale, so I kind of want to grade this on that scale, but I'm going to not do that. I'm going to go with what I think it is, and that is four and a quarter. So four and a quarter stars. We'll figure out what we're going to do out of five. Oh, yeah. What are we going to do? Dead pigs? Um, dead pigs. We can go with that for now. We'll four, start, and qu- we'll, four and a quarter dead pigs. We'll start with dead pigs. <laughs> um, I think that's ooh, that's a really solid rating. For, and I feel like you, you grade tough... I feel like um, I'm the tougher of late rater. in the past couple seasons. You've been the tougher raider, I think, that I have. Um, so that's a really great score. So for me, the neg- I'm going to start with the negatives. I think that the negatives for me were I appreciated the nods to all the different um, classic horror films, classic horror tropes, but it didn't seem cohesive necessarily. It seemed like there was a little bit. It was a little bit scattershot. Um. You know, like there was parts that it just there was no reason to include them that, excuse me, that I can foresee, like the like just like the ra- like the random shot of the raven cawing and stuff like that. You know, it was like that was just a cheap scare. <laughs> yeah, it was. So that was a little bit much for me. But that being said, I think there are far more positives than outweigh 
that outweigh the negatives. Um, I think the new format is really kind of cool. Um, I'm curious to see as it continues how it affects how we feel about the stakes of the show because that's something we talk about quite often. But I do appreciate the kind of um, way it, it, it simplifies the show by focusing on a single narrative, by giving us narrators to drive us through that narrative. Um, we're focusing right now on just basically three characters, um, which is refreshing, as you said. Uh, I think that it was... I think this episode had a, was fairly creepy. Like you said, there was a number of moments that made you jump out. Um, we're kind of returning to, I guess, the roots of the show from season one back Agreed. in the haunted house, which I, I like. Um, there's like a ghost kind of element. Um, I think there's a lot to look forward to. I'm very curious to see how they integrate all these other actors in without hopefully... Overkill. Uh, overkill and, and overrunning it with too many Too many stories. People. So that being said, I think I'm going to give it uh, four four dead pigs. Nice. So and a solid four. That's a solid start. That is a, that's a really solid start. I think that I would say I have tempered excitement. <laughs> <laughs> I have one prediction that I wanted to make. I think that eventually this season will get to a point where we shift from a retrospect retrospective talking about what happened from our you know our IRL characters where our actors will actually start experiencing some of these haunted haunted things because I'm I, I'm curious if they're actually filming the reenactments at this house oh uh, okay. yes uh, so so you're not so saying that IRL shall be okay so to be clear you're not saying yeah. IRL Shelby and Matt are going to have something happen to them we're saying the actors who are playing them I think definitely the actors who are playing them yes will experience something that being said it'd be really crazy if we get all six together at one Mm. point well and that's what's so weird about the dynamic yeah it's interesting it took me like a second to like right when we're kicking things off to realize that the reenactment was Sarah Paulson and not Lily Rabe Um, Mm -hmm. that's why I like when the when the camera came around and her face turned I was like I knew it I thought it was you (laughs) yeah yeah no that was it was cool. It, I, you know, it was fun in a lot of ways, and I, you know, yeah. um, we, I think we both liked Hotel more than we had liked some of the seasons before that. Certainly better than Freak Show. I think that that was both of our least favorite seasons. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, I just hope we don't get a lot of stunt cameos from randos, like not randos, like actual like actors and actresses that are really um, famous, but just for the sake of having famous people on the show, you know. Totally. I think that uh, it's safe to say we both hope that it stays on the trajectory it started. Right. Sweet. All right. I forgot to say, welcome back to um, our listeners, though. Our, our old, the people have been with us from, for a long time, and hello, new ones. Totally, yeah. We, appreci- we totally appreciate that. And, I mean, how exciting to uh, be back and have, have a show to talk about. We miss it. Yeah. I miss it. <laughs> Um, as you know, as we always say at the beginning, uh, interact with us. We appreciate that in whatever form you wish, whether that's on Facebook, This American Horror Story, or uh, by emailing us at thisamericanhorrorstory at gmail.com. And, man, we totally love your comments and questions and definitely use those as jumping off points for conversation and discussion and corrections if we mess something up, all that kind of stuff. So um, if you wouldn't mind, yeah, reach out to us. And, of course, write us and review us on iTunes. We always appreciate that regardless of what you think and try to use uh, your constructive criticism to make the show better if we can. But really, True. we're just hanging out and we appreciate you guys hanging out with us. True that. 
So I guess that being said, uh, man, we sign off and wait till uh, next week. Uh, are you forgetting? I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Chris Husted, Chris with a K, and and Snapchat the, at the Chris Husted. What oh, about you, Tyler? And that is right. That is right. I check me out on Twitter <laughs> at tjmoss11. I'm on Instagram at that too. Uh, I don't remember what my Snapchat handle is, but I'm not nearly the Snapchatter that Chris is, so you should follow him and not me. (laughs) That being said, we appreciate you all, and welcome back, guys. Happy hauntings. Talk to you next week.